0: Aloha, everyone. Welcome to Hawaii Abroad Audio Podcast. This is a place where you can listen, learn, and understand Hawaii's place and people. I'm your host, Auntie Max, and on this podcast show, I release two episodes each week. Topics on Mondays, which I call Manao Monday, shares Hawaiian culture lessons. And on Fridays, which are called Aloha Friday, I highlight formal Hawaii residents by talking story with them about their relocation journey and experiences. My goal is to share these stories so we can all learn about others and understand different situations because the more you know, the more you grow. So, with that said, today is Aloha Friday, and I'm talking sorry with a young, bright Kanaka Wahine, originally from the Ahupua'a of Hakipuu on the island of Oahu. She now lives in Eugene, Oregon, and she's actually one of my former students from the Hawaiian Public Charter School that I used to teach at for 15 years. I was a technology teacher at Hockey Pool Learning Center. And boy, how time flies, because all those students are now young adults that are just doing their thing. And this Wahine is really doing her thing. Her name is Marina Smith. She's actually a sister of another guest that I interviewed a few weeks ago in Episode 17 with Honey Girl. So when you hear Marina mention honey during her discussion with me, it's her sister that she's actually referring to. Well, I'm super excited to share this session with you guys. So let's get started. Aloha, Marina. How are you? Hi, Auntie. I'm good. How are you? Good, thank you. Thank you so much for joining me today. So mm-hmm. let's get started. How about you start sharing with us? First, introduce yourself um, Okay. and share with us where you're originally from, where you live in now, and some mm-hmm. about that relocation and how how you got to now become a resident of Eugene, Oregon.
1: Okay. Um, my name is Marina Mahelani-Smith. Uh, everybody pretty much knows my mom and dad, <laughs> Tammy and Danny Smith, and my grandparents, uh, Herbert and Julia Ho. Um, I was born in Honolulu, Hawaii, but I was raised in Hākipū. Um, I graduated from my uh, family school, Hakipu'u Learning Center, and I I probably moved about maybe six or seven times before I finally ended up in Eugene, Oregon, and I think this is you know where we're planting roots. So,
0: <laughs> so how was that process? Why, um, if you wanted, if you could share, why did you guys decide to move? And, you know, while you're moving, it's, it's sometimes it's hard to, you know, move your stuff too. So how was that process of you moving away from home?
1: Yeah. So moving, I thought it was going to be really hard at first, but it ended up being a, a lot easier on myself because it was just me. Um, when I first left, I moved to Cedar City, Utah, of all places. <laughs> um, I had my little brother over there, and everything was cheap. My rent was three hundred dollars. I applied for a couple jobs, and I ended up getting the job. And at that time, it was ten dollars an hour. But you know, I, back then, I, I mean, I sound like I'm sixty, but like back then, that was a lot of money. And and you know, it was more than I was making. And I just saw an opportunity that where i can, you know, be independent and not have to rely on everybody and you know like not have to live in our house with, you know, 16 people and
0: <laughs> you yes, know no yes. privacy
1: or anything like that and so i think that motivation and drive was it made it really easy for me to move away um but you know slowly slowly and steady you do start to miss home like things that you uh, never thought you would miss. Um, like for example, my parents are caterers and, you know, my mom could figure out how to make the same meal for, you know, five people or 30 or 300 or 800. And it always will taste the same, uh, stuff like that. I'm just like, you know, like I'm cooking just, you know, usually it's just for me and my boyfriend and my son. But sometimes when I have guests over, I'm like, Oh, how do I do this? Like for 10 people, like, you know, just like Things like that, that, and, you know, I can't really call my mom and ask her to do it. I kind of, you kind of have to be there and just do it and learn it. So just little things like that. I started, as I started getting older, I started realizing like, man, I wish I paid more attention to that. (laughs) So now when, now when I do go home, I, you know, I, I think I really, you know, act like a sponge when I'm home. I really try to suck up as much as I can. But anyway, yeah, I, I, I moved to Cedar City, Utah. Um, I got sick of Utah because it's Utah, <laughs> um, too many uh, Mormons, and you know we grew up Christian, so <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. And then I from there I moved to um, I moved to Las Vegas for a little bit. Didn't like it. Uh, I moved to San Diego uh, with some family. I loved it there, but too expensive, and I don't speak Spanish, <laughs> so I couldn't get a job. And then uh, my sister, Honey Girl, who went to the University of Oregon over here, was like, "You know what? Why don't you try come up over here?" And I said, "Okay. Well, what am I going to do over there?" And at the time, I was working as a, a caregiver, a CNA. And she said, "You know, there's a high demand over here," and so I. Without even be, you know going to Oregon, I haven't I hadn't even flown over Oregon like before. I applied for five jobs, and before I even got there, I got all five jobs. And wow. <laughs> so I was like, okay, I'm buying a one way ticket, and I just packed up two bags and maybe three hundred dollars in my savings account, and I moved in with my sister and. From there, I started working nights um, as a CNA, and I started going to school during the daytime. So I was very sleep deprived, <laughs> uh, but that's how I was able to support myself. And I wanted to go to school, and um, I was getting my uh, associates in applied uh, uh, medically applied science. Um, and then I met my baby daddy at that time, and he had to go to Idaho for a little bit. So I moved to Idaho for a year. After Idaho, we only had to be there for a year. I came back. I reapplied to college because I was only one year in. But as I was reapplying for college, I was like, you know what? I'm just going to look for a part-time job somewhere in a medical office or something. And I got an interview at this uh, neurology clinic. Um, They're one of the main clinics here for neurology. There's three of them, and they're one of the main. And so I just apply to somebody that just answers the phone, receptionist basically answers the phone, directs calls, something very basic and simple. And when I met with the, I got to meet some of the doctors. And when I got back to the interview, in the interview room with the CEO, she handed me a piece of paper and she said, I want you to print this form for me. And I was like, uh, okay. Like, and she, it, I can't remember what it was exactly. It was something about landscape landscaping or something. It was a PDF document, but I knew enough. I know what a PDF document is. And she said, use this computer to print it. And I was just like, okay, what printer? And she said, well, you tell me. So I was like, okay. So I went to the computer. I was like, it's a PDF. Is it in pictures? Is it in documents? Is it in, you know, I just started like brainstorming and I was like, okay, well the printer says this number. So I was like, can I just walk around the clinic? And she's like, go for it. So I just walked around the clinic until I found the printer and I said, here you go. I found, here's your paper. And then she said, you know what, would you like to be a medical assistant? And I was just like, but I didn't graduate. <laughs> <laughs> and so, but I think at that, at that point, uh, she had been the CEO for seven years and she had hired so many people. And so she basically said, you know, I don't really care about the degree cause I can find any girl with the degree, but I can't find somebody who can, Problem solve. Who can just figure things out? It's like something very basic. Like, and she's like, "You've never been in this clinic. You've been in Eugene two days. You were, you know, here on time. You're well dressed. You you printed exactly what I asked you to do. You figured it out. And I guess that was more valuable to her than somebody with a degree. Um, but she also said, if you work for me. Um, after two years of working for me, you can sit for the same test that I wouldn't sit for um, if had I gotten my uh, my degree in medically applied science. And so that's exactly what I did. I worked for them for two years and then I sat for the test. And I mean, it was still a lot of studying to do. It was probably the hardest. It's one of those tests where all the answers are correct, but you have to pick the most correct one kind of test. Yeah. So it really, but I passed it on the first try. And then, you know, from there, I, I worked for them for one more year and then I wanted to branch out and do something else. And that's how I found cardiology. Now I work for, uh, uh, surgeons. I work for interventional cardiologists, uh, which they do surgery. They just cut a hole or a, you know, right over here and then they thread a tube and they, uh, replace valves. Um, patients that have heart attacks, they go in and put stent. I also work for the open heart surgeons for people that have to have emergency surgeries. I, now I do all of their pre-ops, their post-ops. I take their stitches out. I get them ready for surgery. I prepare all the charts for the doctor. And so sometimes I think about what I'm doing, like, oh my gosh, look at me. <laughs> like, yeah. I look back to, you know, when I was in Hockey Poo and, you know, I didn't know any of this stuff. You know, I didn't learn any of this in high school, but, you know, what I think Hockey Poo me was how to think, how to problem solve, how to figure it out. Like, yeah, I didn't know, you know, all 50 of the uh, states and their capitals and all that stuff, but it taught me how to be a problem solver. And so I think that's what got me to where I am now. And now I'm training people who graduated so <laughs> <Well>,
0: all right <laughs> my kai akamai oh you're so smart that's well, important you know being able to problem solve yeah mm-hmm. totally being able so. to just get in there and find where the printer is and so on that's awesome so it helps that threw me, me,
1: me, me off. off i i was just like you want me to what <laughs> so, i was like okay <laughs> was not expecting nice. this but nice
0: oh that's great i'm glad to hear that so Pretty much, it sounds like your journey was just from one state to the other, and you just looking for those opportunities to be able to be successful, mm-hmm. and you was able to find it. Yeah. So I'm so happy for you.
1: And uh, the funny part is, is I didn't know I wanted this. You know, when I graduated uh-huh. high school, I didn't know what I wanted to be. I was just like, I don't know. <laughs> Who does, honey? <laughs> <laughs> so even the people that do know don't actually know, so... Exactly. exactly. But now I feel like I'm right where I want to be because, you know, my family has, you know, lots of heart problems. And so,
0: Mm.
1: you know, my my dad and my papa had to have open heart surgery. And my grandma, you know, she's got diabetes. She has all these problems. And so every time I come home, it's I'm you know, we really maximize when I'm home because I go to all of grandma's uh, doctor's office visits. I order all their medications. I handle all that. And so while leaving home was hard, you know, you know, leaving my family, it was probably one of the best things I could have done for my family. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. So you're out spreading your wings right now. And- oh, yeah. They're getting <laughs> tired. But, no. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm, you know, I, I am glad I did this. You know, the basically the my grandparents and eventually my parents, their medical lives are you know, I'm going to be running the whole thing. and Wow,
0: I'm so impressed in everything that you went through. I'm so impressed <laughs> with you.
1: <laughs> Thank you. Um,
0: <laughs> yeah, and it sounds to me like there's so much opportunities out there. So if um, some of our Kanaka decided that they wanted to, you know, venture out like how you did, there is opportunities mm-hmm. out there, yeah? There is, yep. opportunities
1: yeah. Opportunities I didn't even know I had or – so
0: (laughs) yeah I bet so Rena can you share with us a little bit about your career
1: how is that going because it sounds so interesting to me it's going really good you know going from being a CNA uh, to now I'm a medical assistant um, but I don't want to stop there I actually want to work in the cath lab with the doctors and I think I have a really good advantage Because I work for the doctors already, I already know all the doctors that do the surgeries, I know their personalities. And so and they know me and so I already have a good relationship and, but to get into the school to be a cath lab tech is very difficult. And when I say very difficult, you have, you know, five to eight seats with 500 applicants. And getting into wow. school, it, it's all it goes off of a point system. How many points do you have? You get you know a certain amount of points for working in the medical fields, and certain amount of points for how many years, and how many letters of recommendations, how many years of uh, volunteering have you done? Do you work for a nonprofit? You know, like all these points that you can go off of. And so, I think that everything that I've done throughout my journey, I've gained a lot of points. I don't have a comparison because I don't know anyone else trying to get in. But I think I have a really good advantage of it. And uh, so basically the job that I would be doing is I'm the doctor's right-hand woman. I stand to the right of the doctor, exactly the right. And I hand them the tools. I prepare the procedure room. I clean up the patient. I help sew the patient up when they're done. And if I'm not doing that part, I'm in the backside and I'm dictating the entire surgery. Uh, what that means is somebody has to sit behind the computer and every tool the doctor picks up every, you know, angle that they're doing, every vein that they're opening has to be documented in real time. And so as the page, you know, we switch patients, you know, I'm next to the doctor or I'm dictating next to the doctor dictating. And so I think that's, that's where I want to be. And so my journey does not stop here. <laughs> Oh my
0: goodness! I am so impressed. Wow, Rena! Who would know? I'm I didn't sorry. know. You used to be my student. <laughs> I, know. I used to teach you, and I never thought she would go this
1: far. I'm so proud of you. Know, that is so I awesome. I think I have a really good advantage. I mean, you know, being the doctor's right hand man in a cath lab tech, and I currently work for those doctors. So I, I have a good feeling about it. <laughs> Oh, wow. Well, I wish you all the best. I
0: wish you the best. You. Yeah. And if anybody that is supposed to be the ones analyzing if you get mm-hmm. in or not, and they're listening to this podcast, listen to Auntie Max, <laughs> let her in. You will not be disappointed. And to at the kanaka
1: <laughs> listening to this, listen to Auntie Max and when she's teaching you PowerPoint because <laughs> you don't know. But a few years later, you're probably going to need that. <laughs> So just right? listen to Auntie Max. <laughs> <laughs> plug, plug, thank you.
0: <laughs> well, I'm really, I'm really proud of you. I, I'm, I'm so happy. That I want to know later on mm-hmm. down the road. I want to get an update and see how you're doing because I'm sure you're going to do that. <laughs> Mahalo, Auntie. Mm-hmm. Um, so. How about, let's do some comparisons between Hawaii and Oregon, where you are now. Okay. Um, First of all, the weather. What's the difference between our weather?
1: (laughs) So, you know, one thing I do like about Oregon is that you you get all four seasons. But one thing I like about back home is there's only one. (laughs) (laughs) Right? but, you know I never appreciated that before and you know so whenever I mean I do enjoy the winter here it, you know it's, it's nice to have a white christmas and it's nice to go take you know the the boys go up the up malka to go tubing and stuff like that and honey likes to go snowboarding and so it is nice but after you know 3 months of it you're like okay <laughs> I'm thinking about palm trees now, right? (laughs) (laughs) Right. So, where's the ocean? Where's the sand? (laughs) Oh yeah, that's another thing. So there is ocean here, and it's it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. It's majestic, but it's not. You don't really want to swim in it, though. Even I mean, the water is beautiful. It's just that it's cold. Cold, exactly. so even if, yeah, even if the, the weather's really hot, you know, it'll be like 90 degrees outside, and then you get to the ocean, and you're like, Oh, I get my feet in there, I'm pow. Whereas back <laughs> home, you know, you're, you're hot, you jump in, and then you feel, you know, good already, yeah. so yeah, <laughs> so. <laughs> And I, Well, another
0: comparison mm-hmm. is I know your family is, you know, all about food and, you know, especially eating the right food and so on. So how's mm-hmm. the food there compared to home?
1: Oh, well, nah, she go. But <laughs> I You know, something I never knew was going to be a pet peeve of mine is, you know, every time I tell somebody that I'm from home, they're always like, oh, so, you know, what, what's a good Hawaiian food restaurant? And I'm always like, there is no Hawaiian food restaurants over here. They're like, no, no, no. There's, you know, they have a place called Hawaiian Time, but I'm like, no, that's not Hawaiian food. You, I'm, I'm, I realize I'm such a snob about it. They're like, you don't like huli huli chicken, and I'm like, huli huli means flipped. There's nothing Hawaiian about it, right? <laughs> and so I'm like, no, that's liquid smoke in the kalua pig. That's not even, and that's not kalua pork. <laughs> so I realize, right? God, I'm kind of a snob about Hawaiian food, but <laughs> it's not time.
0: Well, it's understandable because coming from a family like yours, it makes the best, I swear you guys make the best Hawaiian food to me. I mean, every time your mom made something, I ate the whole thing, no matter what it
1: was. (laughs) Yeah, but that is something I appreciate about not being there because I don't eat the whole thing here. (laughs) So it's kind of a... You know, it depends on your attitude and how you look at it, but. <laughs> That's a good so, point. I'm just like, ah, when they're making emu and the glue pig comes out fresh and, ugh, and we're shredding it. Yeah. I'm, you know, I'm going to pick at it. And then after we pow, you know, putting everything away, then everybody eats and then, uh, <laughs> so. The work. I the know. Work because
0: you guys do hundreds and hundreds of people when you guys
1: cook, yeah. so. <laughs> exactly. And so. Yeah. So, yeah, the food back home, you just, it's just you can't come. Uh, actually, when you, when I came to the mainland, uh, maybe I must have been like, you know, four or five years in. Because I didn't really have family here. I never spent Thanksgiving with a family family. But once I did, it was weird to me to have traditional turkey, like traditional Thanksgiving food. I didn't really eat any of it. I was like, I'll eat the mashed potatoes and the dark meat turkey. But, like, I don't know. I That's not what we ate back home. Yeah, and Kahlua turkey, yeah, and yeah. so people are like, "Well, what do Hawaiians eat?" I'm like, "I don't know, kalua turkey." <laughs> so, so yeah, there's you know all
0: the dishes that your mom would make with ulu. Oh my god, yeah. I just couldn't get over that. I mean, oh, ulu just treated
1: just like a potato. You can you can cook mm-hmm. up and stuff with it. Oh, know? I love when so. she makes the chips and um, when oh, she yes. when she does the haupia and the halolo and oh. <laughs>
0: Okay, we're getting hungry now. I know. Okay. <laughs> well, so we've been talking a lot about, um, you know, about food and especially that food, that type of food, is with our Hawaiian culture. Mm-hmm. Um, I was wondering, is there any Hawaiian culture values or practices that you can still do while you're away living abroad, from away from Hawaii?
1: Hmm.
0: Do you guys do any?
1: So one thing about me and Honey is we definitely attract all the Hawaiians around. <laughs> and so, you know, because some people when they say they're from Hawaii, you know, the, you know, to me it's like when you live there for a year because your father was in the military doesn't count. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so I think Honey and I are really good at attracting everybody from back home. And whenever we're back home, we we just act like we're back home. We, you know, we play the same music. I mean, we cannot make kalua pig over here, but you know, we make smoked meat. We make Simon and just uh, I'm trying to think of like, I know that when we have patients that are from Hawaii, even though they're not my doctor's patients, typically uh, if they're a harder patient, you know, cause Hawaiians can be stubborn, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> they react a lot easier and feel a lot more comfortable with somebody from home. Yeah. And so yeah. and a lot of the things that I do with my patients, it does require them to take their clothes off. Like I do a lot of EKGs on patients. And as you can imagine, it makes people feel very uncomfortable. And so usually when I say that I'm from Hawaii, it's a really good icebreaker because immediately people feel obligated to tell me about their experience or their cousin who lives there. Right? Or So <laughs> it's just it's good distraction, you know, like, oh, yeah, I'm from Hawaii. Oh, well, my grandfather said, you know.
0: Yeah. Yes. Well, I was wondering about like the values, especially all the values that you learned while you was in school. Are you mm. perpetuating that? How is it, are you able to do it now that you're not home anymore? Oh yeah. Do you remember the values? Okay,
1: okay. <laughs> Put me on the spot. Okay. <laughs> Malama kekahi kekahi. Oh um, my god! Kulia uh, <laughs> and that's yes. a given. You know, always strive for the highest, and always strive to be the best. I think that goes without saying, especially in our profession. You kind of have to be the best. These are people's lives, and so um, yes, yes. Oh man, what is the rest? Kupono. Right. I think I'm just stalling because yeah. I'm. <laughs> I'm on the spot. <laughs> if, if I hear it, I know it. But aloha aku, aloha mai. Aloha aku, aloha mai. <laughs> yeah. Um.
0: Now, share what what is that? <laughs> oh man.
1: I've actually been teaching my son some Hawaiian, and so I'm thinking. Oh, my God. Yeah, so I'm, oh, now cutting. I'm like, oh my gosh, why am I stalling on this? I'm usually really good, but I think I'm on the spot right now. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you sorry, I didn't. No, mean it's to okay. Do that. I was just
1: like, oh, I forgot.
0: Aloha anko, aloha Maya. Yeah? We give aloha. Yeah. We receive you, you, first. We always give first before we receive. And you know what, comic That's the thing I wonder about people. I mean, you know, there's always that m- mentality like, oh, if you respect me, I respect you. Mm-hmm. But in Hawaiian culture, it's not like that.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. We respect people first. Right. It's the aloha spirit. And then eventually it comes around, right? Mm-hmm. Aloha spirit.
1: Right?
0: Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so you're trying to share some of that with your son?
1: Yeah, he's uh he's obsessed with the right right, he goes through phases. Right now he's on the color song, you know, the oola ula mele mele pony pony. It's a little bit harder yeah. over here just because, you know, there's nobody over here for him to like practice that with or speak that with except for me and so I'm definitely trying to make, you know, an effort to get him home more. So,
0: nice. Nice. Mhm. Well, that's good. That's good. But I'm I'm sure you're just sharing that Aloha spirit everywhere you go. <laughs> yeah, I just
1: know how your family is. Yeah, I get it from my grandma.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: And every time we have people over, too, they always have to say hi. We always mm-hmm. FaceTime her. How about the slippers? You guys got to take off the slippers <laughs> when you so get in the house. It was actually culture shock over here. To me, I was like, how come everybody's wearing their shoes inside their house? That was just like so weird to me and they're just like yes. that's just what people do and I'm like why do you wear your shoes in the house and so <laughs> everybody has to take their slippers when they come off in fact I have a sign outside that says uh to hem or a slipper <laughs> right on. I don't expect anyone there to understand go. what that means but <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah that's how you know you're stepping into a Hawaiian house mm-hmm. so. slippers off that's right. <laughs> And so right?
1: <laughs> until I'm Hawaiian or Chinese, not. so sorry. But I think I influenced a lot of our friends to do that too. Because after I started talking to them, I guess no one ever really thought about how gross that is. And I was like, you know, yeah. you're walking around the mall, the hospital, and then you come home and you wear the same thing. And what happens when you come out the shower? Yep. So. <laughs> yep.
0: And then you got your, your babies around the house, mm-hmm. it's like people they're stepping on people's germs and yeah, they spread all over the place. That's you know?
1: right. So, mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Well, how about sharing with us some of your fond memories from home?
1: My fond? I'm
0: sure you got a lot. Oh, yeah.
1: <laughs> well, the first thing that comes to my mind is my cousins. Um, God, I just, you know, every time I want to come home or any time I start to really feel homesick, it's because I start to think about a memory I had with my, a cousin. Um, and my grandparents, I never, I guess I never appreciated in, in the moment or understood how important it is to listen to their stories. And, and now I, you know, every time I talk to them, it's like, I, I look at them like that's my key to my ancestors. That's like my bridge to them. I have to soak all this up that I can now. And so I do miss that a lot. That's something I yes. I didn't think about missing. Was just listening to them talk about their stories, learning about my great grandparents and you know their childhood and all that. So I really I really miss that.
0: <laughs> nice. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, when you become a young adult, you just do your thing. It's all about you trying to you know succeed in life. And then when you get to a certain point in life, it's like, wow, you really you really feel it and you're trying to remember things about your grandparents Mm -hmm. and your parents and wish you had time to sit down with them more often, Mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. Yeah. And our people, we are very um, family oriented. Very. So yeah, very much. So Mm -hmm. hopefully you're able to do some of those, you know, hear some of those stories and be able to share it with your sons.
1: Yep. Uh, my conversations yeah. probably when I first moved here with my grandparents would be maybe 10, 15 minutes. And now every time I talk to them, which is a couple times a week, it's, you know, it's an hour or two just cause I just want to hear them. I just, you know, <laughs> I yeah. just really appreciate exactly. everything that I can get from them. So <laughs>
0: exactly. Well, I was wondering about the, um, economy. So if we can kind of redirect yeah. a bit, um, I know when it comes to Hawaii, it's so expensive back home. Yeah, Yeah. And then you shared a little bit about when you was in Utah, I think Mm -hmm. it was, and it was like $300 for your mortgage. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Yeah, I mean, not mortgage. I know what you mean. Yeah, my rent. And now now you're in Oregon. Mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, how is the economy? How are you able to deal with the economy now? Because I know how expensive it is home. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times a lot of people are moving because of that
1: yeah that
0: so is is that easier now where you are it's
1: it's easier to be independent over here you know i own my own car i have a career i i don't own this house you know eventually i will but um i'm able to be completely independent and you know i think a, a blessing to my parents that i could give them was they don't have to take care of me i don't have to call them to give me money or you know, anything like that, I take care of myself. So they don't have to worry about me, which in my, in my head, I think is a great gift. Their parents don't have to worry. She's totally. taken care of. since so, had So much people in your I house. Know. So, so yeah, it is, it's a lot different. And so I think that what took me away from, you know, from Hawaii was wanting to branch out. And I just wanted to explore and, you know, learn the world. But you know, every time I go home, I always think to myself, Oh, I, you know, I could, I could get the same job over here. Mom, mom knows the people at Kaiser, I could get a job over there. But then every time I start to think that it that I would want to move home, I just remember how expensive it I you know, I look at rent, and I'm like, Oh, my gosh, like, I would probably get paid about the same, you know, back home, but you know, my cost of living would double. And so it would kind of force me to be in the same situation where I would find myself having to ask for money or having to ask somebody to move in with me because that is something that I never really paid attention to when I was younger. But I'm just, you know, it's just getting expensive and everything's more expensive. Coming, you know, flying home is expensive. And then if I if I bring my Ohana, if I, you know, I want to rent a car, I mean, that's like, you know, 600 bucks for three days is what we found and then you know that's not including the gas and what if I have to rent a room somewhere and then you know I'm gonna go out to eat with my friends and you know I want to go shopping so it's just like living at home and even just going home is hard and I hear you so I wish I could come home a lot more but I mean the last time I flew home I took me and my son was thousand dollars round trip and then, you know, I'm taking wow. I'm taking a week off of work on top of that, which is, you know, probably like I'm losing another six, eight hundred dollars by doing that. So it's yeah. it's hard to come home.
0: The nice thing now is that we have such a great technology, whereas we can video yep. chat, you know, to family and friends compared to before. Mm-hmm. I mean, before you had. You had pay phones on the wall. I know.
1: <laughs> now
0: we got cell phones
1: and video. I chat, know, you know? <laughs> all in one. So, I've used Zoom a lot for my ohana.
0: Oh, you do. Yeah,
1: unfortunately, we you know only kind of use it when someone passes away, and I. But it's hard to get everybody. I mean, you know, we have a big ohana. It's hard to get everybody all oh, on the yes. same page unless it's something serious like that. But. But every time it happens, I mean, not that I'm happy that a family member passes away, but I'm happy to see people and they get to see my son and hear their voices. And so.
0: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. So do you think you relocating moving away from home this is going to be a permanent or temporary thing would you like to go back home one day I do
1: and I think about it often Um, every time I go home I just think where could I go how could I maybe I could live here could I you know I'm always trying to brainstorm and I mean I do find myself in the same situation where I'm like I cannot afford this but I want to go home because I know that at some point I'm going to have to take care of my parents. <laughs> okay. And I'm not saying that's going to happen anytime soon, but, I, you know, it's going to happen. I mean, they get plenty of kids, but not kids that are, you yeah. know, I guess uh, tech savvy in the hospital. Yeah. And so I actually have connections um, at the hospital over here. The doctor I work for, her brother is the head of heart failure over at Queen's Hospital. And so oh. I, you know, when I went home, I got to meet some of the doctors over there. So... But yeah, I want to go home because nice. I want to be there for my parents. Yeah, ultimately.
0: That that's an important because that's that's part of our mm-hmm. family um, oriented part, you know, Kuleana, taking care of our. Kuleana, yeah,
1: yeah. And I want to do that, and you know, I've had some people say, "Well, you don't have to do that," and I'm like, "I know I don't have to, but you know," they're like, "Is that what you want?" And I was like, "Yes, <laughs> I won't. I can't sleep at night. Like, who's taking care of my mom? Who's taking her to her appointments and?" So yeah, I think that is a long-term goal. I don't know that it's going to happen anytime soon. It could be five years, could be 10. I don't know. Hopefully my parents Mm -hmm. hold on (laughs) long enough. Right. (laughs) I just don't want to move home when it's an emergency, you know. Yeah. And I know my parents won't let me come home for an emergency. They're going to tell me, no, stay over here. And so I figured, you know, maybe if I just inch my way home slowly and...
0: (laughs) Well, I wanna congratulate you. It seems like you're you're doing well. Mm-hmm. You're out there being Miss Independent, <laughs> taking care of your own Ohana Trying. and be able to do what you can. So congratulations because you know, it's gosh, you gotta be brave and able to to leave home yeah. and, you know, spread your wings, especially the way you did mm-hmm. it, going from one state to the other. Yeah. You know? But you know, when you look back in in our culture history mm-hmm. I mean, we had our brave Hawaiians that would navigate, right? They was those wave mm-hmm. fighters. They navigated from one place to the other to find a better place for their family. Yeah. And that's exactly what you did. So yep. I commend you, my cut, Good job, girl. <laughs> Thanks, Auntie. <laughs> <laughs> so before we end, I was wondering if you have any message that you would like to share with our audience, especially our kanaka that is trying to figure out those that's still living at home, trying to figure out if they should venture out or not. Maybe those that did move out already. Mm-hmm. Um, if you have any advice or any message that you would like to share with them.
1: Yeah, it, it might sound cliche, but you should really pay attention when someone is teaching you something. <laughs> and I know that my younger self, if I heard that, I probably would be like, yeah, yeah, everyone says that. But no, for real, like I I find myself sometimes, you know, at work and I need to do a Word document. I'm like, and, you know, they'll ask me, can you add a couple graphs in here? Can you add a picture? And I'm like, how do I get the picture to like turn this way? How do I get the words to wrap around the picture that I want? And, you know, those were things that I was learning in school. But I just, you know, I think in my head I was just learning it to do the project and then... You know, move on from it. But now I'm like, man, I really wish I paid attention to that. I didn't know that stuff like that was what I needed to know. Um, Rena, I thought I you, you, you did that in you did listen to Auntie Max when she's teaching you Microsoft. You, I now I'm in I'm in Excel and I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm trying to. All I was trying to do was get everyone's birthday like coordinate. I'm part of the fun team at work. And I'm like, I don't like, you know, just simple things like that. Well, really, <laughs> you don't realize you think in your head, oh, I don't need this. But no, you do. You will need it. And, yeah. of course, to hold on to your grandparents, really, and, and to your parents, just remember that that's your, you know, that's your window to your ancestors. You're never going to get that back once they're gone. And so. Yeah. That's why they're always top priority when I go home. So
0: <laughs> I love that. I love that. Yeah. My Yep. Our relationships, our family relationships are super mm-hmm. important, especially in our culture. Yep. So my Great job, girl. Well, I wanna thank you so much for being with me yeah, today. Thank you. And talking sorry and sharing your sharing your story. Mm-hmm. Um I wish you all the best. Mm-hmm. And continue doing what you're doing because it seems like you're being as successful as you can <laughs> and that's it. I'm so proud Aww. of you. Mahalo, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> yeah. I'm so happy to see you again. I'm happy so to see you. You keep doing what you're doing. Okay. Okay, Auntie. Aloha. Thank you again. Aloha. <laughs> wow. See gang. I told you she was a bright Kanaka Wahine. I'm so proud of her. What a journey she's been on since she left Hawaii. I really believe she's doing a great job in achieving her career goals, taking care of her Ohana, and being a fabulous representative of Hawaii and our people. Kailoa Marina, you go Wahine. All right, gang, I hope you enjoyed listening to today's session. Before you go, Make sure you click on that subscribe button so you can get notifications every time an episode is released. And don't forget to click on those stars and show ratings. Believe me, those ratings really help me with the listing of this show. Lastly, please leave me a feedback comment either here on this platform or on any of my social media accounts listed under Hawaii Abroad. Alright gang, mahalo for joining me. This is Auntie Max, signing off for now. Aloha!